0: Hi, everyone. I'm Deb Blaschenberg. I'm your host for Yoga Birth Babies. And today we are talking car seat safety and stroller safety. I have Jason Mundy. He's a child passenger safety technician and the founder of New York Metro CPR. It's a great conversation and it's quite wonderful practical information. And I have to tell you, it made me want to run out to my car and check the car seats and think that, all right, are they in safely? One of the pieces of research I did while preparing for this, and and the statistics vary, one piece of research I found said uh, car seats about 50% of the time are installed incorrectly. And another one I found from parents.com said 95% of car seats are installed incorrectly. So I was quite happy to speak with Jason. And I think you'll be happy to hear this too before we get into that, I do want to take a moment. I love looking at their ratings and reviews on iTunes, and we had one that's just popped up recently, and it's from Jen Gunn. And actually, I think I know who this is because I think she's one of our students, but I just want to read to you what she wrote because it just put a huge smile on my face and and deep gratitude for, for this rating that she left in review. She says, Deb has curated amazing speakers with invaluable practical advice with every topic you can think of through pregnancy And beyond. I am so thankful for this resource. And I am so thankful to be able to offer this resource. So thank you, Jen, for listening and for putting that review up there because it helps people find the podcast. And hopefully, this is helping in supporting people throughout their pregnancy journey and beyond. And if it's possible, we also have a donation page. So if that's within your means, I would love if you would consider leaving a small donation for the podcast to continue to thrive. What else is going on? Um let's see. This Thursday I'm heading out to Yoga Source in Richmond, Virginia for my third teacher training of this year. I'm super, well, first one of 2019, but since I have young kids, my year starts in September. So I want a different calendar. Maybe it's the Jewish calendar I'm on. So I'm heading out with Caprice in a couple of days and I'm incredibly excited about finding a new space and and working with a new community of people. So that's what's going on there and and I continue to get interviews scheduled for the podcast. And I'm working on a re release of Who's Afraid of Pregnant Yogi. And I'm actually putting together an online mentorship. So lots of good things going on. And again, a thank you to everyone that's listening and supporting the podcast and supporting Prenatal Yoga Center. So I hope you enjoy this podcast with Jason Mundy about car seat safety. Be well. A revolutionary baby monitor is born. Please remember, Mossimo Stork is not meant to be used as a medical device. Hey Jason, so good to talk to you.
1: Hey, same here. Thanks for having
0: me. Oh, I'm really excited. I think car seat safety and stroller safety and that whole world is something I think parents get overwhelmed by and sometimes ignore and maybe not put enough thought in it. So I'm really glad that you and I are going to really hash this out. So, all right. But before we jump into that, why don't you just introduce yourself to our community and just tell me a little bit about yourself and how you got into this line of work?
1: Sure. Well, my name is Jason Mundy. And um uh, fitness actually was my true passion. So I started that back in the nineties and this kind of lumped into, um, CPR because I actually had an experience in, in my health club, six months into my career, a gentleman collapsed. I didn't know what to do. Um, and I became an EMT because of that experience. The gentleman wound up being fine, but I remember freezing and not knowing what to do and having that uncertainty. So, mm-hmm. you know, fast forward 22 years later, um, I, I figured that, with the CPR training, it just makes sense to, Hey, can you look at my car seat? I'm like, I don't know. I I, I never really, you know, knew what to do with that. And I just said, well, let me get certified as a, you know, a specialist in this. And that's where it's come. It's, it's been, you know, it's been a great run. And, um, you know, here I am now, 22 years later, educating people on multiple ways to keep their children safe.
0: Yeah. And when I was doing some research, I was a little bit taken back by the percentage of the estimated percentage of how many people are installing the car seats wrong, which makes me wonder where I am on well, where my husband is. He's the yeah. one that installs them.
1: <laughs> yeah, no, I know. There's there's a spectrum because, you know, there's the um, the, the governing body is the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration. It's a lot of words right there. So they conducted a 66 page study with thousands of child passengers. And on their particular study, close to 50% Uh, of misuse so at one form or another so you know you could read other studies like for instance me personally uh installing car seats or just checking car seats Mm -hmm. i've only found one car seat out of about let's say a couple of dozen that i've installed so far Mm -hmm. that have been correctly installed so it's it's staggering. So
0: are you talking and, and daunting? So are you? Which kind of car seat are you talking about? Like uh, the this, yeah. like the the baby infant one, where they're in like the little bucket seat, or you talking more of the toddler? And then there's right. the older one. Like so, I've kind of, I have a four and a seven year old, so I've gone through the gamut. Um, right. So yeah, let's talk about which one you're talking about, and then also the biggest mistake that you're seeing.
1: Yeah. So just do we have, so just, we have the proper names and definitions. So the bucket (laughs) seat
0: isn't the one you're
1: talking (laughs) (laughs) The rear, it, believe me, it's, it's overwhelming. If I were, you know, coming into a store going, Oh my goodness, look at all of these, you know, options. And it's just, so you have rear facing only. Right. Mm-hmm. That's for your that's for your infant zero to 12 months around that age range uh, infant infant car seats. Then you have convertible car seats and then you have the three in one, which is I think you alluded to toward the end where they can literally grow into the seat. Mm-hmm. Uh, and there, there are typical typical seats out there that can go from rear facing to forward facing to booster.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, and specifically, uh, let's go to just our uh, rear facing or infant seats. You know, one of the biggest things that I see. Is the side to side motion or front to back motion? Typically, by standard, I shouldn't see an inch motion from side to side. And sometimes, when I get in there and I check, it's like you can actually move it to the middle console and back. So that's one of the more, you know, um, obvious ones that I see as now far as mistakes. Those have a concerned.
0: base. So I remember when we like, right. cause I was in New York for a long time before I moved to the burbs. And I remember yep. we had the option, like if we were jumping in the cab, we didn't have the base, but if we were renting a car that's for the weekend, there was a correct. base. So are you talking the misuses when they, with the base?
1: All, see, all of them are supposed to, that's the one thing that's why I kind of paralleled those, all three of them, all three of them are not supposed to move, whether it be a base or without an inch side to side or front to back. Uh-huh. That's the acceptable allowance. So let's say you did want to hop in a cab. You're bringing the carrier. The carrier has a seatbelt, uh, you know, um, way to kind of secure that yeah, child in bit. that quick cab. Correct. Exactly. So even that, that, that child's supposed to be secured in that seat so that that little carrier doesn't move side to side. So it's, that's one of the bigger things. It's, it's, it's tricky. It takes some finesse and takes some experience in doing that.
0: So the big mistake is it's not secured well enough. So I remember I had a friend tell me, and this is what I used to do, I'm also a smaller person, um, to secure the toddler seat that could go back and then forward, I actually sat in it to add my weight to tighten it, and it doesn't move at all. Is that a helpful thing?
1: Yeah. You know, it's funny. I just, we, we get these, uh, communications and, uh, publications from this, this governing body that we get certified through. And, you know, the technical term for it is national Ch- child passenger safety technician. It's a lot of, again, a lot of, a lot of words in that, but what we, what we see is that, by putting your body weight into it, you really get a good secure uh, latch system, if you would, with that lower anchor and/or tether, depending on what seat you're installing. So, mm-hmm. um, I we do it that way. When we have people come to our sites, we do that. We put our body weight into it because if you don't, you really don't get that snug fit, and it's 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 a big difference when you don't do that.
0: So, what are some of the other mistakes? So, not a snug enough fit. Uh, what about yeah. what else is what else are people doing wrong?
1: So some of the things that I that I have seen is in the aspect of they're not attaching the tether. So this is for front front uh, or, or forward facing. They're not attaching that back strap. So it, it's like the behind the headrest. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people don't know what that's for. And it's funny when you discover these things. like, Oh, my gosh, that was there the whole entire time. You know, there's little lower anchors. People um, split those because some people see oh, i want to put my child in the center because I've read up that the center position for any uh, seat, for that matter, is the safest. It is to a certain degree, but it also think about functionality of a woman who's, let's say, expecting or has a child and has a baby. You have to lean over to that center aisle to pick that you know, carrier up each time. Mm-hmm. It's just not super functional. So what they'll do is they'll put that seat in the middle and split the anchors, meaning they'll share the passenger and the driver anchor, which is a misuse, which is can be detrimental in the event of a, a car crash because it's now uh, – the energy is being forced in a different angle. So right. it's, it's something similar to that. Um, the other things I see is they're they're not strapping their ch- kids in properly. In other words, there's, they're having like a puffy jacket or they're afraid of you know the child being too snug. And on the air on the side of caution, when you, want, when you want that kid in there, you want them in there like they're indie, like an indie driver. You want them <laughs> with that five-point harness nice and snug. And a lot of times we see it's too loose. You know, like I'll, I'll, I'll put blame on my my mom, <laughs> mom and dad because they're like, oh, I don't want to put them in too tight. I'm like, no, you need to. You know, so it's a lot of misconception, I think, and the, the fear.
3: LifeLock alerts you to identity threats you might miss, and if your identity is stolen, your dedicated U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. Let LifeLock help protect what you've worked so hard for. Save 25% off your first year on LifeLock Ultimate Plus at LifeLock.com slash aware. Terms apply.
0: All right, let's talk about the puffy jacket because, yeah. you know, yeah, like, um, all right, so <laughs> how puffy, um, can how one puffy? One... How <laughs> puffy?
1: All right, so we're talking winter time, right? So it's cold. You want to keep your kid bundled up in the car, but let's, we're, let's go. We're in the car, and we have the heat on, right? So if, you're, if they're wearing a jacket, let's talk about an inch, an inch and a half, two inches, puffy jacket. Um, that's,
0: that's pretty thick. Okay, two inches. That's
1: pretty, that's, yeah, that's, that's pretty thick. That's a puffy jacket. I want you to think about the a- aspect of force, and, and, and we'll go geeky in a little second here, physics okay. in the sense of if there is a force, and that force has space. That strap is not actually touching the child's sternum and chest. It's actually touching that space in between. Mm-hmm. So there is movement. And that amount of movement, if you're traveling 60 miles an hour, that movement can be significant, right? So we take that out of the equation, and you you tuck the blanket like a little burrito. You tuck the little blanket around the edges of the perimeter of your child, nice and nice, keep the face exposed, of course. Uh, And they also sell, um, I guess, little cocoons, if you would, that you Mm -hmm. can zip up the middle if you want to keep it because you want to pop them out and put them in your stroller and not have to go through multiple layers of protection to get your child from here to there. Does that make sense?
0: Yes. Okay. So,
1: yeah. So that's, I guess we see that a lot, especially in the wintertime. And, um, you know, the other thing too is, I, I don't know if this is like a misuse or something, but. Oh, I got this from a friend of mine. And I think, you know, we'll, we'll talk about it in detail, but getting a hand me down sometimes could be a big misuse because you don't know the history of it, which is significant.
0: What about, and I know it's planning essence later, but I'm going to ask it now. What about a hand me down from child to child? Like, I am planning once um, my daughter is big enough to get out of her. Car seat into my son's booster. Like, I know the history, it just, but it's going to be a few, years, a few years old. And like, she had the original car seat. So I've handed them down within the family. Um, right. But is there concern that things have changed in the safety?
1: That's a great question. So uh, let me ask you, because I'll put you on the spot. Did you sure. register your seats? Did I did register? You
0: register? Um, I don't, I, I did a warranty, but I don't think I
1: registered them. If when, you got, if you mailed in that little card, yeah, with all the information, yeah, that's that's your registration. Good oh, for then you. I did.
0: Okay, <laughs> yes, See, I did that.
1: That's you know we we have these conversations and like wait, I think here's the thing though, we you know I, I think you and I can agree that there is a thing called pregnancy brain, right? Prego brain. Yeah. We right, so you may, you may remember, you may not remember, and a lot of times when I ask the mom, depending on who's who's taking care of that, like I think I did, and that, oh, the little card, yeah, yeah, or I went to the website and did it. Once it's registered, you you're on this list now. And in, in the event there is a recall of something, and let's say you have a seat that has a recall, you get an email, and they'll you know they'll take care of it that way. Um, so let's say you have this you know person to person or family to family hand me down or transfer over. As long as you know the history of it, you're okay, and it's as long as it's not past the expiration date. Because the reason why they have expiration between six and seven years is you know it's in the car. It's in the cold, it's in the heat, it's plastic, it's material that to degrade over time. So as long as you know, and it's never been involved in an accident, the history of your, your, your child restraint, then you, you should be okay from in, within the family. Now, if it's someone else's, then I might be hesitant.
0: Yeah, but there's like car services that you can order a car. I think even Uber, I never did it, but I think like Uber or Lyft Correct. has them where you can be like, hey, I need a car seat. So what right. are your thoughts on those?
1: Um, That, you know, and that would come down to your discretion, the the caregiver or parent or, you know, that's up to you whether or not you want to put your child in that seat because you don't know the history. Um, You may want to say, hey. Mr. Driver person, um, can I just check the expiration on this? Is this from the 1960s or, you know, just is, is it is it something that's going to be, you know, helpful for my child in the event something happens? So maybe just do some due diligence prior to uh, ordering that cab or Uber.
0: Well, where is the expiration date on, on a car? So
1: trip? if you have a, yeah, if you have a base, it's usually... In the crevice, uh, either on the, on the not, not underneath the base, but in the crevice when you take the carrier off, uh-huh. there's a little lock plate and it's either to the left or the right. On your combos or your three in ones or your convertibles, it's usually either underneath or along the perimeter underneath the seat. They're relatively, they're, they're sometimes conspicuous, but sometimes not. And believe me, you know, I've done now close to hundreds of, of installs. And, uh, it, it's tricky if you're not, if you don't know what to look for. And if you go to your user manual, they could usually show you exactly where they are. So it's tricky because you don't know you, you get in the car and all of a sudden it could be, you know, a Greco or it could be a Kiko or it could be, you know, uh, you know, something else. Uh, right. So you have to just know the, the, and make.
0: And I just wonder if, if you are taking a car service, if the driver will actually even know that information, I, I, I mean, maybe if it's their car, they might, but I don't know.
1: Yeah. Again, that's the thing. It's 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 up in the air whether or not, and I I highly doubt that that particular driver is going to be well versed in that particular car seat.
0: Right.
1: Uh, If they have it in in my mind, if you're going to have that service and if this is your business, then you should be, you know, trained or have someone installing that for you, so you know that that's properly installed. And that's you know, that's kind of what I got into a car one day and I saw that it had these, you know, had the latches for the lower anchors and so on. But does this person know how to do that? And chances are, no, I actually had a client order an Uber, so I could show them how to put the base in Mm -hmm. and the, and the carrier, because, you know, they use it quite often uh, for, for trips, you know, to and from Manhattan to Connecticut and so on. But it, it it's tricky when it comes to that type of travel because it's, it's unknown.
0: Right. I do feel like car seats have gotten a little easier now that I'm going to excuse the fact I don't know the right terminology, but in the bottom there's these okay. hooks that connect. I didn't even know like under the seat. And I feel like in past ones I'd seen, they hadn't even had those bottom anchors or maybe I just right. didn't know about them.
1: Yeah, no, they definitely are. I mean, and that's the thing is you can go from certain manufacturers that are like super easy uh, you know, I've had great experiences with certain, with certain seats and then not so great because they're just very intricate. Um, but they're safe, but they're just super intricate. You know, I want, I want to be able to take my base, take the two, they're called uh, lower anchors mm-hmm. and they almost look like upside down staplers
2: Yes, or yeah.
1: they'll look like big carabiner clips. Those are called, those are rigid. So the, these, these rigid or flexible anchors, as we call them. You know, and again, if you never look for it, I was like, whoa, whoa, wait a minute, look at this. These little bars down here that yeah. I, even though they were there. And you just click, click, and then you just either it ratchets and you hear a little ratchet sound to put your knee into the middle of it for that bass, or you'd use the seatbelt path. And you you know, you have to know how to do that too. So and usually all your directions are on one side of you know, the the limits of your of your seat for your child, and which is great. Some do a really good job of saying, okay you know, your child needs to be in this position up until this poundage and this height. So make sure you, you know, follow that rule and they do come a little Yeah.
0: Well, let's talk about you starting to go into like the poundage and the height and stuff. I know that I kept my son in his car seat for way too long. His feet were like the little, the infant one, his feet were like hanging over the side. And then it was our first kid and we didn't drive that much in the city. So we finally, you know, upgraded to the the big one that, you know, back and then forward. So what is the, when do you transition them out of the infant car seat into the back facing? And then when do you transfer them forward facing?
1: So I'm going to uh, quote the American Academy of Pediatrics recommendation. Mm -hmm. Um, And it, it basically says to keep them rear facing until they are two years old or reach the highest weight or height allowed by the seat manufacturer's instructions.
0: Okay.
1: And that is, that is what answer we'll give someone when they, so I work with an organization called safe kids and we do, we do installs uh, uh, for folks. And that is what my senior instructor will will say to, you know, caregivers and parents when they come in, it's what the manufacturer instructions direct you to and You know, in my manual from for my training, you know, the best way to protect your child is to put them in the right seat at the right time and use it the right way. I mean it sounds just simple, but you know, if your child's knees Are in his or her face. (laughs) It's time to turn around, and and what's cool, you know, it's like a big, it's like a big thing, like it's a big girl time. You know, I I did it for a friend of mine, and the girl was like, oh my god, this is amazing. You know, you'd see her face; she was such a big girl, she was so happy, the big smile on her face, like you can see mommy now. (laughs) It was was kind of like a momentous, you know, event. But you have to know when to do it because. You know I'll give you the example, like New Jersey has really stringent laws with turning people around, you know turning kids around too soon, um so you have to really be mindful of what the state law implies and then what your manufacturer and kind of so they're going to differ
0: from car seat to car
1: seat uh yeah, absolutely, differ from car seat to car seat and manufacturer to manufacturer, and remember, every state has has its own law regarding child restraints, huh. Yeah. okay well so I'm you're... in
0: New Jersey now I do not know my current laws
1: <laughs> yeah so that's okay I mean uh, I'll, what, what I'll do is you know I'm happy to send you some information and um, New Jersey has a really nice little uh, pamphlet that that I gave to parents and it's it's re- it's really really inf- informational as far as your bullet points it gives you one two three four segments of your child's um, progression from your rear facing all the way up to your booster. So it's yeah, kind of cool. So let's
0: talk about that too. So I have yeah. been looking up, um, my daughter's still in her toddler and she wants to get into a booster, but she's smaller. So I told her it's still going to be a little bit. So, yeah. so, okay. We know that. So for infant to back facing, it's a certain weight and height. And I'm guessing it's the same for, as you were mentioning from back facing to forward facing, when do they yeah. transition out from toddler to booster?
1: So it ultimately comes down to their size. You want to keep them in there until she's big enough to, or you know, he or she is big enough to fit into the seatbelt properly. So I want you to think about when you get into your car and when you put your seatbelt on. And, you know, a lot of times people, even adults, you know, we, sometimes we don't pay attention to our belt. And the the shoulder strap should be just below your collarbone, mm-hmm. right? And the, the lap aspect should be not on your lap. It should be just right on your hip. Area. So right above your lap, not on your belly, and that's the proper placement. Because again, it's a, it's supposed to take force. Right. And let's say if your child has a regular seatbelt on and she's sitting in the back seat, and they're recommended, we're talking like 12 and 13 years old. They're, they're, they need to be back in that back seat for a long period of time, mainly because of the airbag in the front seat mm-hmm. is dangerous to someone smaller. So um, and the aspect of that seatbelt. If you put her in the seatbelt, just a regular seatbelt without the booster, notice where the uh, upper part of that shoulder strap is resting, mm-hmm. and if it's resting above her collarbone or his collarbone, for that matter, she's not ready for that seatbelt. She needs, and they don't. They make very kind of a clandestine booster seats now, where it's just like a little thing, almost to the height of a, a telephone book. Yeah, t- like telephone books are around anymore, <laughs> but you know, like telephone book size, right? I just dated myself too, so. <laughs> And that's just—that's what you would see out there. Is just getting her elevated a little bit, and has little, um, like in those office chairs that have the little side. The yeah, little no, side we have bars. that
0: for my son. But it's right, just interesting exactly. that the I've watched the progression of car seats from, you know, from the the infant car seat to the back facing, to then turning it around, and then I think I remember reading recently though that a booster they're supposed to be in it to like four feet, seven inches or something like that. And I'm thinking, gosh, my grandmother was like four, six. She should have been in a booster.
1: (laughs) (laughs) And I have it here. Let me just, a child under the age of eight and a height of 57 inches shall be secured as described until they reach the upper limits of the rear facing or forward facing seat, then in a belt positioning booster seat. So they really give you a good example and understanding of, and, and as far as the age range, it's saying here eight to 12 for that um, booster seat from booster seat to uh, seat belt, and then the I would say the rear facing would be birth through three years, depending on you uh-huh. have you have three year olds that are peanuts, you know, and if they're little peanuts, you want to keep them in the same. They may be three years old, but you know their age may say turn me around, but their but their body size yeah. is saying keep me rear facing because it's still adequate because th- th- you know the convertible ones. Uh, you have positionings like one through six. So you could actually in a rear facing mode, let's say one, two, three, you could have that recline at a certain pitch. So they're more comfortable. And a lot of times they come in and, and all we do is go boop, yeah, one, one and like, that's all, that's it. That's, and going back to the, one of the biggest, I think you mentioned something about the biggest mistake is people for the most part, they don't conduct their own research. They don't go through the, the, the handbook or the guidelines of the manufacturer. And that sometimes can take out a lot of questions and time that you're spending in getting your kids safe. It's just mm-hmm. doing your due diligence, mm-hmm. you know?
0: So what are your thoughts? And I think I'm not going to be thrilled about this, um, but what are your thoughts about kids eating in the car? <laughs>
1: uh, so I talk about this all the time and I ask the mom or dad or caregiver, what is your main goal when you're driving your car? What's your What's your focus supposed to be on? The road. The road. So if little juniors in the back, and you give her, uh, you know, or him a, it could be a pouch, it could be a, you know, a girl, goldfish or whatever it may be. And here, <laughs> what's mom or dad going to do when they're driving? Look Either, over your shoulder. Look
0: over the shoulder. Look in the mirror. Yeah.
1: Right. So, and let's talk about that mirror for a second. Um, the mirrors are for in our in our aspect of doing this as a professional. Are not recommended for two reasons. Number one, it's uh, distractional; it's a, it's a distraction, right? Mm-hmm. So, number two, it's also not crash tested, right? Mm-hmm. So, um, and let me break it down real quick. With science, there are three crashes that go on during an accident or a car crash. There's one outside, there's inside, and inside your body, right? So we have three crashes. Now, if I'm traveling 60 miles an hour on the turnpike, and we're going State Parkway. We come to a sudden stop. Everything in that car is traveling at the same speed, and we talk about this during education aspects of that. Everything that's not nailed down or tethered of some sort is moving at that speed, and it could potentially be a projectile. Now, that mirror that's on the back headrest facing your child is traveling sixty miles an hour and snaps off. That's horrible to even think about. Yeah, but it it has happened.
0: I didn't even think of that. Wow.
1: Yeah. Well, again, and and then the next question, well, why do people sell them? Because they can, you know, and and I'm reading, you know, I have a couple of pamphlets in front of me because, you know, there's so much to be that we can, you know, discuss, but I want to make sure we hit home on certain things, but it even says here, um, the use only add-on items that come with the car seat or are available by the manufacturer of the car seat. And it specifically says mirrors and the underlays, the the car seat covers, because none of these are there's – they're aftermarket and they're not crash-tested. Mm-hmm. So that's the one thing too. It kind of If you had to have a subsection of certain things, it's like is it a misuse? Is it a mistake? Is it just an oversight? It's hard to say because you don't know. You know, you, they sell them on they sell them on the websites. Let's you know, uh, third party websites. But if you didn't get it from the manufacturer, I'd hesitate to install it. All
0: right. So, but I know you're also. So going back to the food, I know yeah. that I shouldn't necessarily give my kids food in the car. I do, mm-hmm. um, and I always yeah. have. What yeah. do you do? Like it's a long car ride, or you yeah. pick them up from preschool or wherever, or camp or whatever, and they need to eat before then, right? So uh, do you have any yeah. suggestions?
1: <clears throat> so there, there's the, there's the practical application of these things. And a lot of times it's the only time they're going to get your child to eat. Um, and you know, kind of sidebarring the aspect of, of what choking is and coughing is if your child is making noise, that's a good thing. Right. And if you're, if you know your child is a good eater, um, and you trust them to eat, without you be being able to see them. Mm-hmm. Then, then you take that ride. Uh, maybe what you do is you don't stay in the left lane. You stay in the right lane. God forbid there is some type of event you have to get over. Uh-huh. You know, tr- you know, try to stay close so you could pull over and and not you know jeopardize everyone in the car. Um, you know, having someone in the back seat can't hurt, but again, you're still going to be distracted because. You know, you're still going to turn around to look in human nature, you know, so we, I've had this discussion with parents and it's, you know, realistic to, or, you know, it's not unrealistic, but it's realistic to say, uh, yeah, don't put your kids in that aspect of eating in the car. But the real, the realism of it is it, it's not possible. It's I need to feed my child and this is the best opportunity. So I guess those, those recommendations would be from a practical standpoint And my, of my stance is, you know. Uh, stay stay to the right um and just trust your child that you know if you hear noise they're just coughing and if you want to pull over and check them check on them then then do that versus having to swerve five lanes over if you know
0: Yeah. I I used to be much careful and now they're older, but I was in the beginning, very careful what I would feed them. Um, things like that I thought were more choking hazards. Like I remember my pediatrician saying almonds are the perfect choking size for, for a toddler. I'm like, no almonds in the car. Um, so I would be a little crazy about that. I've gotten a little looser. Do you think that's helpful or that just really make no difference?
1: Well, you know, I actually just read a study uh, from the American Academy of Pediatrics about, you know, choking hazards with certain foods and one in particular, the grape, right? The the grape, anything round or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, honestly, it comes down to the bites you swallow. And, you know, I've talked to speech pathologists about this and just experts in that field. My, my cousin's a pediatrician. And ultimately it comes down to the, your trust level and the way you brought your child up to to and introduce food to them. Mm-hmm. Um because sometimes chopping up food doesn't necessarily mean they're going to be safer um, they could actually be a, a small enough piece you could take you know a larger piece of food and chop it up into what you think is appropriate for your child for that trip and meanwhile it's just a small it's a small enough piece just to get that right they're down the yeah yeah so if you have a bite you know, if you have that bite chew swallow mentality from early on, then again it's not perfect but from my understanding and from what i've seen and observed I'm talking thousands of kids I've, you know with and, and parents over my career it comes down to behavior and then if they're good eaters and you're good eater they watch mommy and daddy from the minute they're at that table with you in that in that high chair they're watching mommy and daddy the way you eat the way you do things and they'll mimic that. So if they have good habits of eating and you're comfortable with them having a sandwich in the back seat uh-huh. and yeah. obviously it's less stress when they keep, when they're forward facing, you, you can just kind of peek in the rear view and see them. But obviously when they're rear facing, you're probably not giving them anything. We're talking about forward facing, correct?
0: Yeah. Well, I'm also even thinking yeah. like, like babies that can hold a bottle. What are your thoughts on that?
1: again, in the aspect of your confidence and you know comfort level, yeah, with a bottle, they 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 can't choke on uh, on on that liquid. Mm-hmm. They can aspirate a little bit, which is the the food going down at their trachea. Mm-hmm. Uh, it also depends on their angle too. You know, I'm a lot. I, I think it's a 45 degree angle that we want them at, Um, because anything lower than that can actually potentially have them go into that aspiration aspect. And again, when it comes to the angle. Uh, depending on the size or age of the kid, you know, you want that at the 45 degree because their head is heavy and, you know, you don't want them going into a position of asphyxia.
3: So, you've got an idea for a business, the store of your dreams. There's just one thing to figure out everything. That's why Shopify's all in one commerce platform makes it easy to sell online, in person, and everywhere else. Sell on social media source products with an app to get that first sale feeling. It's the only solution that gives you everything you need to sell everywhere you want. So when you're ready to bring your idea to life, power it up with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash listen. Yeah, I just, this
0: reminds me, you're going to smack your head against phone hearing this. Uh, We were traveling from New York to Boston and we were somewhere stuck in Connecticut and my son was desperate to eat. Don't judge me too hard. And I didn't know, but don't get don't judge he was like a baby, baby, baby. And I crawled
2: into the Uh back
0: seat and I was breastfeeding him while he stayed in this car seat and I was like leaning over him. So I know horribly unsafe. I've talked to many other moms and many of us have done that. I know, insane. Like cars were going by and I'm like, hi. I'm breastfeeding my baby.
1: I'm, I'm I'm actually in awe and it's just an impressive, it's an impressive move. I, 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 I've never heard, I've never heard of that. And I thought I've seen and heard it all, but let me tell you, that goes down as Baby one... was
2: strapped
0: in. <laughs> I wasn't, but baby was well strapped in. So it was like hovering over. <laughs> He's, he, we're all you still alive. gotta do what you gotta do. <laughs> we're all still alive. All right, so I wanna switch a little bit to the idea sure. of city dwellers. So, mm-hmm. what do you do? I mean, is it all about just that snap and go infant seat? Or I've known people that have just worn their babies. I know that's not ideal in strapping them in. What do is, what is city dwellers do?
1: If I were to give my recommendation to someone who needs to go on it, uh, so let me ask you this, though. Is it a quick trip? Or are we going from uh, downtown to uptown? And you You're know, going, are we going
0: from, I'll give an example of what I used to do, 99th uh, sure. Street down to 71st Street, down somewhere in the west side.
1: Okay. You want your kid in that car as if it was your own car, as if you were getting into your car, you know, parked on the street, getting out into your driveway and driving, you know, to your friend's house down the block. Because... Here's the thing, accidents can happen and typically they do within, you know, the three mile radius of your of your home, right? Mm-hmm. So you you want to take that uh, precaution regardless of where you're going. Now, let's 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 flash back when I was born. You know, I was born in the 70s and you know, I was in my mom I was in my mom's arms in the front seat of of the car. So we've come a long way when it comes <laughs> to child safety and restraint, right? So that is fact. And if you go back and look there's been a lot of progression when it comes to child safety. Mm -hmm. So you want to get that carrier and, you know, I I could, I could take, you know, it takes 15 minutes maybe to show someone how to use that seatbelt and secure that kid in that carrier. Um, and for me, that would be my, my best recommendation is to do that.
0: Okay. No, I think that's important because I know that is a question a lot of people have. They're like, okay, I have to jump quickly into a cab. What do I do? Okay, what if though someone wasn't expecting to have to take a cab and they don't have – they were wearing their baby and they don't have a car seat?
1: That's a great question. I'm trying to think of – I go back to the geeky aspect of the science and the physics of it because now you're in this cab and you want to secure your child. Um, and you think, okay, let me get my lap under my belt. Like, let me get the lap portion over me and I'm going to put the shoulder portion over my child and myself. And here's what happens on emergency, an emergency situation that, that belt locks up Mm
2: -hmm.
0: and
1: you're going forward. So what's going to happen to that child squish your baby. Correct. So guess what you're not doing? (laughs) <laughs> you're not taking a cat. Yeah.
0: You're, you're fine in the subway. You're, you're dealing. With yeah. the
1: subway. Okay. You're, you're not taking the cat Cause the, again, you think about that, that it's just a horrible, you don't yeah. want to think about it, but you know, I honestly, and, and this is going back when I, I never wore a seatbelt. I will be, I will be the first one to know when I was a kid. And after I graduated my EMT class is, is when I had that epiphany of, I had my senior instructor say to me, I've, I've never taken a, a, a dead person out of a seatbelt. And I'm like, okay, shoulder, click, done. Yeah. That's it. That's all, I, that's all. It's it's an experience or something you've heard or something you saw that's going to change the way you do things. And that is, for me, moving forward. And if I can – it's it's morbid to a certain degree. But if I can give a visual to a parent or a caregiver and they're like, oh, no, never mind. That's okay. Yeah. I'm good. That's no, you know, so why I'm glad you're
0: saying this. So let's talk a little about strollers because, again, a lot of the community sure. that I listen to are, are people that deal with strollers a lot. Um, sure. So what what's some basic stroller safety?
1: The biggest one that I could say, and I see this all the time, and, again, it goes to I see things from a different angle or a different set of eyes. So I'm, this is about seven years ago, I'm um, walking uh, back to my car from a, from a client and I, I see this lady walking toward me, I'm not sure if it was a mom or, or a caregiver, um, and her child had food in, in, in the stroller and in the tray and, and the canopy was up, so, and the, and the woman was on her cell phone. So now I'm thinking, this person cannot be more disconnected from this particular child and what am I thinking, of course, as a CPR instructor, uh, what can't you make when you're choking? sound 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 right and here we are on columbus avenue and it's loud and you know when does this person find out that their child is choking when they get back to their house and it's too late and it's again it's you don't even want to think about that it's horrifying but in the reality of it is if you can't see your kid while he or she is eating in that stroller just, you know, pop, they have little sunroofs now, just pop that sunroof. So you can kind of see their head moving and their, their actions and whatnot. Um, because we're talking between a, you know, a one and three year old. Can we agree on that age range yeah. around? Mm-hmm. Because after three, you, you kind of trust them after that. So you should anyway, you know, a four, five, six year old, you're not going to, you know, check on in them when they're having a sandwich because they're, they're good at eating at this point. But when they're one, two, three years old, let's err on the side of caution. I want you to be able to see them while they're eating in that stroller. And mm-hmm. that's just my opinion.
0: No, I remember that. I loved having that little flap on the top. I mean, I kept mine both my kids facing me for a long time because I loved seeing them. And then when I turned them around, I did use that little flap at the top quite a bit. Also, it was really cute right. to see them. I like watching their little heads bob. Um, yeah,
1: you know, absolutely. <laughs> it's like, you know, when they nod out and you can actually, you know, you have to go into your inside voice outside. And yeah. You know, um,
0: so then I know there's also a big conversation between people about bassinet, or car seat, um, and I know not every stroller comes with a bassinet. Uh, what are your? Th- right. I have some strong thoughts on that, but I'd love to hear your thoughts on that.
1: So, the the aspect of not waking a sleeping giant type of thing. It's like I don't I don't want to transfer you know my child because he or she is sleeping in this in this carrier, um, and I'm going to just you know put him or her down on the floor so she can sleep. Um, I'm not a fan of that because, again, going back to the science of it, now your zero through four to five, maybe six-month-old child doesn't have full control of their head. Their neck muscles are are weak. Their neck is smaller in relation to their head. And what could happen is when your car seat, that carrier, is in the base, it's at a certain position. And if I had to go back to misuses, a lot of people don't have the angle correct And that could be potentially dangerous. So the angle is proper in the car, and that's what it's meant for. So when you take your child out of that car seat, they're not meant to stay in that car seat more than just you going into the house, and now you take them out and put them into something that's flat, because that's how they're supposed to sleep, flat Mm -hmm. versus on an angle. Um, and I'm hoping that it, that answers your question.
0: Yeah. I mean, I personally, I don't love seeing babies in car seats all the time. And if a stroller, my opinion, if strollers come with a bassinet, I think it's better for their moat, for babies' mobility. And they often sleep better. Um, you know, they're going to learn to kind of fidget more as opposed to be kind of stuck in that seat. And I've seen a lot of flathead babies. And, um, what was the, you yeah. and I were talking about when their chin falls into their chest, what was that called? They right. Can't so
1: there's positional asphyxia yes is what it's called and it's something that people find out unfortunately when it's too late You know, that's, that's the thing because it could happen also in a stroller too, um, depending on where the kid is, you know, in, in position because they do have now reclines and certain positions. Mm -hmm. I'm a big fan of, I'm a big fan of 45. I like the 45 degree angle because it's, you know, for sleeping, yes, you want flat, but the 45 is going to keep that head at a certain position. So their head can't drop down to their, their, their chest, their Mm -hmm. chin rather. So as as a matter of fact, it's the last bullet point. So I'm looking at this, um, communication from the, uh, and again, the National Highway Traffic Safety Ministry Association, but it's from the New York State uh, Department of Health. The last bullet point uh, on this pamphlet is use a car seat only for traveling. While it may be convenient to let a sleeping baby continue to nap in their car seat indoors, it is not recommended. So it's not just me. It's also New York State, New Jersey, you know, Board of Health. So it's the American Academy of Pediatrics. So it's not just you and I. It's It's out there. Great. So food, you know, giving your kid food to pacify and, you know, so you don't lose your mind on the trip. (laughs) I get it. But, you know, jeopardizing your child's safety and maybe them waking up a little bit. That's that's on you. You know, that's something that you're going to shoulder that responsibility.
0: Do you have any final advice of something I haven't asked that you want to talk about child safety in general?
1: You know, when it comes down to child safety, it comes down to prevention. You know, let's do a virtual walkthrough of your apartment or your house, right? Let's let's look in your kitchen. What in your kitchen could potentially be harmful to your child? I mean, there's a lot of things in the kitchen. How about the bathroom? How about your living room? Is that big, beautiful TV? Is it up on the walls or on a stand? Uh, you know, do you have potpourri? Do you have those beautiful rocks that's on your, you know, your low, your, all these, you know, coffee tables are low now, and they have sharp corners? For me, it comes down to prevention. And, you know, I want you to see the accident before it happens, get down, you know, to their level and go, Oh, this is the world of a, of a toddler. You know, I, I joke about it, but you know, what's the, what's the, what's the height of a, of an oven? Your basic oven is 30 inches. What's the height of an 18 to 22 month old, 30 inches. That's amazing.
0: <laughs> so, yeah. I like know? that idea. Get down to the, what they think their level is and, and look around and get into their little heads. What are they going to grab? What's attractive to them?
1: You know, and prevention kind of falls under the aspect of, and I'll ask you this question. What happens if you call 911? Like, what's the, what's the procedure? They come to your,
0: I've actually never, they come to your house, I'm guessing.
1: Now, if you get it, if you live in the burbs and you have an address with a door, you know, instead of like an apartment building, that's great. They come right to your door and they, they, there you are. However, if you're a Manhattanite or live in in an apartment building, it's, it's people, you know, oh, the doorman. No. How do you know? Unless you. Unless you actually ask and find out what the protocol is for nine one, never make that assumption. And I use the adage you have fail to plan or plan to fail. Yeah. So don't find out when you find out is what I tell my clients. Don't find out, you know, what nine one one is all about when there's an emergency. And and it goes it goes on for, you know, just if you have people that are kind of aware before the, the actual thing happens. How much more prepared are you to do that? Mm-hmm. That's, you know, have some type of plan in the event something happens, prevent the accident from happening. Because listen, kids are going to fall all the time, right? But if you could avoid that from happening the best of your ability, then it just make your life a lot easier. Yeah.
0: Less stress is always a good thing. Well, I wanted to thank you so much for your time. And for those in the New York City area, Jason will actually be leading a workshop at Prenatal Yoga Center um, on a lot of the same stuff and probably even more in detail. And that's February, am I pulling right up my mind, 16th? Is that correct? I believe so. I'll I'll make sure I have the link. Uh, I'll put the link in the the show notes. Um, But I'm really excited because I think this is something, you know, a lot of people think a lot about so much of the the gear, but maybe they don't think, how do I actually properly use it? So I'm really happy that we had an opportunity to dissect some of this and really talk about it. Thank you so much, Jason.
1: Oh, you're welcome. It was my pleasure.
0: All right. Enjoy your day. Take care. (laughs) Bye. Bye. This has been an episode of Yoga Birth Babies, produced by Prenatal Yoga Center. You can catch us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and Periscope. I'm Deb Flaschenberg. Thanks for listening.